Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the HBO movie, The Survivor. We are joined today by director Barry Levinson, as well as actor and executive producer Ben Foster. And Barry, starting with you, I know that you were incredibly judicious in a lot of the research that you did. And, and in terms of the flashback scenes that we see throughout the film going into the camps, part of your research was also going to Auschwitz, talking to a lot of the guides and, and doing a lot of research. And I was interested from that element of research in pre-production, how that informed the creative choices you made and how you wanted to film those scenes and how you wanted to tell that part of Harry's story? Um, well, you know, I mean, certain research becomes valuable and you never know where it is and or what it is. And I think at Auschwitz, it was very uh, informative because we had a guide that had a lot of information, obviously, about the camps and how it functioned and what the people were uh, talked about even. And so uh, that, was, that was very informative, which kind of works its way into the film. You know, it's like, cause we would say, you remember when the, uh, <clears throat> cause we were there, Ben was, was there. And we'd say, remember when the guard, uh, not the guard, the guide said, what about, uh, you know, this and that. And so there, there were things that we picked up um, that run throughout the film that was just, gathered research one way or another. Mm -hmm. And Ben, for you as well, you know, kind of going through that, that scope of research and, and looking at a lot of the voices of survivors, I was interested in how that informed the way that you shaped this character because you're portraying a real person who went through these experiences. And at the same time, it also feels very representative of other people's experiences as well. And so in looking at a multitude of voices of people who survived the camps, how did that help you in that space of really just meditating in and finding the, the emotional landscape of who Harry was as a character for you? Uh, we worked with the Shoah Foundation uh, and they, they were able to also provide us with uh, an enormous amount of uh, detail uh, uh, and fill in a lot of uh, uh, blank spots for us. Uh, one of which it was, we had Harry's testimony and, and it's, it's a remarkable interview. But I became greedy. I wanted to listen to more and more, and 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 it, and it became. It's more of an intuitive process where I just wanted to hear more stories. I wanted I, I wanted to hear those voices in my head, uh, and what I found was each story is unique. Each story is harrowing, uh, uh, but there was a there was one so, something that popped out in continuity was how did you survive? Which is the question is how did you, and, and, and many would say, I don't know, good luck. But more often than not, they spoke about the hope of being reunited with someone they loved and imagining them in those circumstances that, that they might see somebody that they held dear, a brother, a father, a sister, a wife, a partner, a child would help them. Just the thought would give them the courage and the energy to survive another day. And that stood out deeply to me as, as a way into this story. Mm -hmm. And the shoot was incredibly short, and yet you've covered such a huge scope in terms of the story that you're telling. It was, it was I believe, a 34-day shoot in total, and that included 
kind of shutting down for a bit in the middle for, for Ben to do kind of like the weight loss at the beginning and then the weight gain, gaining back for the later scenes in the movie. What was kind of the moment where you both realized that even though it was going to be, you know, a very fast and furious shoot to be able to tell this story, that it was such a necessity to be able to take that break in the middle of production for that physical transformation character wise. Well, um, I think Ben can probably answer that one, you know, better. But I mean, because it was <clears throat> it was necessary because he lost 60 pounds uh, for the camp sequences. And then you have to shoot is shut down. And how many how many weeks do you have to you know shut down in order to begin the next phase of the film? And so uh, <clears throat> and then the, for the third part of the film, you know, again, we were shutting down for a shorter, much shorter period of time, because that, that wouldn't dealt with uh, makeup and other things like that. So there was three stages to the, to the film, because, you know, even though, it, you know, the, the camp, in a sense, what happened there permeates his whole life, but it, it, in the actual shooting of it, it was, uh, <clears throat> it's probably 20, 25 minutes tops, but it has to be strong enough to haunt uh, Harry Half throughout the whole film, you know, because that that being the point about which we now call post-traumatic stress disorder is that, yes, he survived, but now he's got to be able to really live a life, you know, to and and, and it, for a great deal of the film, he's fighting the past. He can't let it go. And uh, <clears throat> that would apply to, you know, a lot many people who tell the stories of post-traumatic stress disorder which apply to, you know, people in the military service and incidents that have happened. Uh, if, even if you look to uh, those in the Ukraine that have, <clears throat> that have moved on, et cetera, what's that going to be like for them in the years to come? Can they just leave it all as a, a flash of a moment or is it going to be haunting them? So it's, a, it's something that which drew me to the film initially is the idea, yes, he was a, a camp survivor, but how do you get past trauma and, and begin to deal with life? Because it'll affect your relationships with all people and certainly between your wife and your children. And I mean, Ben, talking a little bit more about the physical transformation through the movie, it's it's about the emotional space as well. And and it's it's a really remarkable feat performance wise, because you're going through this physical transformation for your character. And then you're also kind of essentially still doing stunt work in all of the, the fighting sequences that we're seeing. And what was that space that you really found of of having a character with a body that's really emaciated that that doesn't have the nutrition that it needs, but the emotional landscape as well of just that desperate need for survival day by day, you know, because that's such a, a fascinating internal space character wise to find both physically and emotionally. It, it, it's, uh, we all have a body and whatever our spiritual belief is, is we're in one right now. And, uh, and the door in for the way that I prefer to work is, is, uh, it's pretty simple, just do the thing. That's about it, just do the thing. <laughs> Makes my job so much easier than having to, you know, of course there's make-believe involved, but, but the closer we can get uh, to, the, uh, to an experience that's representative of what we're after uh, helps. Uh, I made the decision uh, 
uh, and Barry and I uh, talked about it. We, we decided that we would go more analog and not digitize my body, which was at once suggested. And it was something that I wanted for myself and something that I knew as an actor, rather than in effect being like, wow, he lost the weight. It's not an effect. It's when you see the pictures of people within the camps, you see the documentaries of people within the camps, you can't show up without in some way feeling so humbled, particularly listening to the voices of the survivors, it becomes our duty to best represent them. Knowing that I was working at deficit, uh, I'm not in a concentration camp. I'm choosing not to eat. But that sensual experience of deficit informed the rest of Harry's trajectory. Uh, some people like endurance sports. Some people like bungee jumping. I like acting. And in terms of, of Harry as a fighter as well, looking you know, at the sequences when he's in the camp, but also later in life when he's gone through specific training in the sport, I was actually interested in how you both looked at the sport of boxing itself and how you wanted to approach that stylistically in the movie, because it's a sport that has evolved and changed stylistically over the years. So the boxing that we see now is not the same, maybe technique wise as some of the moves that we would have seen at that time. Um, and so how did you look at the sport and really determine the stylistic approach of what those scenes needed to be? We watched a lot. We watched a lot of the era's boxing. Uh, we worked with Clayton Barber, who, who, who did the flight choreography. Uh, 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 he did, he worked on Creed and, and, uh, and, and we became obsessed uh, nerds of, uh, of that era uh, of fighting. In particular, the, the, the Jewish fighter, uh, uh, Max Baer became a, a great influence for us stylistically. On, uh, he was a brawler. It's, a, it's not a lot of duck and weave. These guys are swinging their hammers. And um, um, getting to play with that style was uh, without stunt doubles. You definitely, uh, you feel it. And what you see in the film, I mean, these, it's a contact sport. Um, and hopefully that translates in the picture. It does. And it's, it's what's so striking about those scenes is that it's all about story and character. You know, there are, there is an action to it, but it's very much about the way that we're experiencing Harry as a character, the emotional space that he's in at different points. And so off of that, Barry, I was really interested in how you determined a lot of the camera setups and the camera movement where you're bringing us in so close to Ben's performance and making sure that we're always following his trajectory within the ring, within those moments. Um, <clears throat> you know, what we, um, what we um, tried to do uh, was for it to be um, somewhat messy because the fighting uh, is messier than the normal fighting because Harry, as uh, I, I believe it's the um, Charlie Goldman says, you know, you weren't, you know, you weren't taught right, you know, so that Harry as a fighter is not, you know, like the way you would you would picture in, in most and almost every fight film. He's he is a brawler because that's all he knows how to do. And so we in a sense, sometimes you would look at a particular take and then you'd say, OK, so now we we need to conform to that a little bit more than what we thought. So that what we're doing has a, a messiness about it as well rather than, no, 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 you gotta be here so that the, the, the punch is coming. And the, so it, it's, it's a messier style than you might do uh, in, in, a, in a straightforward sort of boxing film, if that makes sense. 
Absolutely. And, and Ben, because all of those sequences where he's fighting in like his version of the present day element of the story, it's not just about the moment in the ring. It's, it's about the emotional space before he goes in there, when he comes out, when we see him kind of singing to himself in the locker room. And I thought those scenes were such great insight into character and was, you know, there's, there's a lot of moments throughout the film where we really get to see Harry kind of alone for a moment and, and find that headspace. And, did you find that having filmed all of the flashback sequences first really, really helped in terms of filming a lot of those scenes where you're solo, you're not playing off a scene partner. It's just about the introspection of character because you know where his internal dialogue is as a character in those moments. It's always a luxury uh, for, 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 for an actor. Uh, and I imagine uh, as a director to, to shoot in some form of order helps you discover the piece together. Uh, and because we're, we're, we're adjusting and, and moving in time decade, decades apart, um, it definitely helped the coherence of that uh, and, and allowed Barry and, 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 uh, and his actors to, to be able to find spaces to improvise and, and listen to each other in new ways. Barry has an incredible intuition. It's an instinct for behavior, uh, uh, and and as he often says, just don't say the thing. You can't say the thing. Whatever you just don't. We don't want to say the thing that the thing is about. And his approach to that frees us up as actors and encourages us to to kind of. It's it's more like jazz rather than uh, color by number work. I mean, off the back of, of what you're saying with that, one of the scenes in particular that I know was like between you, you Ben and, and Vicky, where, you know, he's kind of telling her about his, his biggest regret from his past. And then, it, you know, the initial version of that scene had her coming over to him. And then Barry, you kind of changed that around a little bit. And you were like, well, what if you don't go over to him? And that really changed the dynamic of the ending of that scene. How, do you, how did you kind of like determine what are the moments where we really want to kind of like change up the dynamic, play against the grain of the way that we have the scene ending at the moment like that? Well, Barry, I, I wasn't there. I was somewhere else when 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 you, I, me, you were watching, and you you spoke to Vicky, privately. Yeah, yeah. because the 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 scene originally had a conclusion to it, and um, uh, it sort of stuck in my head that there's a conclusion to the scene, and uh, sometimes. Uh, at least for me, I don't know why I, I keep sort of coming back to, and then the scene has a conclusion to it. And I, I didn't know exactly the answer, but I didn't want a conclusion. And we're just about ready to shoot the scene. And I said to Vicky, you know, at the end, when he finally reveals all this information, uh, don't get up and go over and hug him. Uh, don't don't provide comfort. And she says, well, what should I do? I said, just stay uh, at the kitchen tables. Just sit there. And she said, uh, you know, and, and do what? I said, I don't know. Just sit there. Let's see what happens. And um, I didn't say anything to Ben. And he finally, you know, reveals this the, this information that he never wanted to give. And, um, and she just sat there and didn't say anything. And then uh, not to give away anything. And then what happens after is just, I think, Ben, uh, in a sense, 
into the scene well enough as the character just literally like explodes because he wants comfort. He doesn't get it. And then he, uh, what, what takes place, I think is more interesting than a conclusion to the scene with a coming over and a hug that you that we've now revealed something and he gets comfort for it. And so it, it's part of sometimes, you know, behavior is, is not predictable. And sometimes if you can find ways to, to really show the pain of things and the inability to, to come to conclusions by that which is talked about, then I think it's sort of more, it's more fascinating for the audience, I think, to, to get pulled into uh, character behavior in the story. Absolutely. And I mean, off of the back of, of the way Barry's describing that, Ben, you know, how does that change things for you as an actor working with a filmmaker like Barry and someone where it's not, this is the mark that you need to land in the scene, but let's kind of play around with it a little, a little bit, find the essence of it. And so it's more of, you know, this is the idea of what we're going for, but also it's not a finite conclusion that it has to be played in that particular way. Well, for better or worse, uh, for other directors who, who I work with, Barry has shaped me. Uh, uh, he, he gave me my first film when I was 17 and his style of approach, uh, 20, how many years? 20, I'm not a math guy. Me in there, it's a, a lot of time. Some, so, so some time, <laughs> so some time went by. And, uh, and this, as I recall, uh, memory is a funny thing. Uh, style hasn't changed. Subject matter, uh, the environments, but the style is 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 exactly the same. Which is we're pursuing something that feels credible, and generally, what's credible is is idiosyncratic and uneven, and generally uncomfortable. And because we're human beings and, and lo and behold, we are uh, 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 curious creatures. And Barry's always looking for that. So kicking the tires of a scene is something that shaped me since I was 17 and have continued to approach work in a similar fashion because of that. I think some directors who've worked with me uh, really appreciate that and others haven't. <laughs> and I just blame Barry Levinson. So... <laughs> I love hearing that, you know, and, and also like one of the other scenes and, and this is diving into spoiler territory towards the end of the film a little bit um, that I wanted to ask about as well, that it sounds like really had that essence of, of kind of what if we do things a little bit differently is that moment towards the end of the film where you have Harry and his wife and, and they're sitting there after everything that's just gone on between them. And then he tells her a joke and, and the joke, again, like not initially being part of the script. And so I was interested in, in what was the journey that led to that moment of like, well, what if we have this really sweet, connective, comedic moment that essentially is the dialogue of everything that they're not saying to each other right in this moment, because they don't need to have that conversation. Barry? Um, I think that, um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when, there are certain spots you think, well, maybe we'll figure out something here when we get to it, because um, we, we'll be more informed by the time we get to it, especially if you're shooting sequences in continuity. And so for the ending, I thought 
they just sit there together as, as, as is written. In that particular case, I thought, well, what happens if he, if this moment can take place? You know, this the sharing of this joke and um, that in a sense, it explains several things. Uh, but I've been carrying it throughout the movie because early in the movie, he ultimately starts to tell that joke and uh, to her uh, when they're walking along the boardwalk and then they get off of it. And then he comes back to it at the end of the film, but it comes back to it with a different resonance because he's sharing something with her in a sense for them to really enjoy one another, to have a genuine laugh. And you realize, okay, he's, he's, he's that trauma is receding in a way and he can suddenly have a moment of just the two of them just enjoying one another. And, and I think without talking about it, but as opposed to using a joke to tell it, I thought it had an effect uh, for the conclusion, as well as the conflict of this man and God. And that, that, that conflict, in a sense, is part of like a Jewish tradition, is that it goes back to even if uh, the writings of Shalom Aleichem, et cetera, where there's a conflict between the, the, the individual and God and the questioning of God and the arguing with God. And that particular joke, I think, sort of wraps that up. So Harry is in conflict in terms of, you know, his relationship to God in terms of what has happened. At the same time, he's able to enjoy the moment and then ultimately connect to his wife and all of those things with that you don't really like to talk about because um, you, you just want to have it and you just enjoy the moment. But that sort of is behind it all, if that makes any sense that it becomes just a human moment between two people without talking about anything that really is, in a sense, connected to the script of wrapping up the piece, but I think has a good, good conclusion to it. So, and the, and the way he directed that was that we get to the beach and Harry's going to go sit down with his wife and they're going to hold hands and look out at the sea. And right before we start filming, he leans into me and goes, you know, the hat joke. And he had told it in full on set it was referenced in two lines earlier in the film, but it was never supposed to resolve itself. One of the other beautiful signatures of Barry, which is how can you wrap up a life? How can you wrap a resolve the scene? It doesn't happen generally in life. And that's Barry's pursuit. And it's a thrill to work with. And in this particular moment, we are gonna hold hands and that felt too much like a resolution, too simple. And he leaned into me right before rolling. He said, you know, the hat joke, let me tell the hat joke. And they set up two cameras. I was like, got it, you know, sat down and we did it in like one take. I tell the joke. It's on Miriam. It's on me. Never told it before. Didn't rehearse it. Wasn't written. It was, it was told to me by Barry on set in front of the crew. We were all laughing months previous and uh, told it to Miriam and and uh, something happened. We we enjoyed each other's company. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes for such a beautiful moment in that scene. And, and Barry, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about in terms of the stylistic approach and, and the way that you're using the camera to tell a story in the film is, you know, obviously there's there's the difference in terms of, of the flashback scenes to Harry's time in the camps with the black and white, you know, some of the elements that we were talking about before, but then there's still kind of like two other different time periods in his life that we're really touching upon. And so with those two later points, what were some of kind of the nuanced differences in the way that you wanted us 
us to see the story and to follow Harry with the camera in terms of like where you would where you would have it set up, where you would have it following him for us? Well, I mean, stylistically, I mean, there there are three, you know, there are there are three parts to it, as you as you said. So, I mean, the first being the the flashbacks, uh, because the, all the camp stuff is flashbacks into his head. Uh, the, the late 40s has a different look from the 60s, you know, uh, so that if you were um, uh, mainly so that the audience is aware of that this, this is not just continuous, that there are three different time frames going on. So uh, with the cinematographer, it was like, well, then we need to have this palette for this section and this palette for that section and try to find ways to uh, uh, elaborate that in the context of uh, the piece. It also helped because of the locations, because then suddenly you got the real blue waters and the sand and, you know, the, the, the whole color palette comes alive just by the fact of where you are compared to the earlier segments in the film. Um, that in some ways is an easier, because that's a decision you make in advance. You know, there are certain decisions you make in about, a, about a film in advance. And then when it gets down to behavior, I always think that that's going to have to, that's going to continue to evolve rather than no, 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 he's got to be this or she has to be that. Uh, yes and no, because uh, there are things to be discovered so that they, they it seems spontaneous. And then for the audience, it's like, oh, gee, that's, you know, we're, we, it, there's nothing better than if you can be surprised by a moment uh, of a character doing something and you're just fascinated by it. So you're always looking for certain things that expose character without uh, the person having to say something that is uh, has such clarity to it that you go, oh, okay. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, like what I'm saying right now is somewhat inarticulate because I can't make it so perfect in what I'm trying to say. And I always find that on screen when a character is doing certain things that it's a slightly off center. And then in a sense, it engages us more. It's trying to pull us into what, what, is, he, what is he getting at? What does he mean? Rather than here's the pure clarity of it. Sometimes that takes away the, the joy of, um, of, of connecting and searching for a character. I really love that. And then also similarly, Ben, with those two different later time periods, again, there's a difference in the physicality that you needed to find for the character, you know, particularly looking at the, the later years in terms of everything that his body has been through in his life up to that point from the camps, from being, you know, a professional fighter for so many years. And so how did you find the two different physicalities of those two different later points following the camp scenes? Well, you, you never, you, you want to make it invisible rather than telegraph it. And, and the, the dance with older uh, Harry, uh, there's pride in surviving as well. There's, there's self-loathing, but there's also an element of, I'm still a fighter and carrying those wounds, but attempting to conceal them. Uh, and, and he can't, and it's, it's like any trauma and we, we've all experienced, if we're, if we're on the planet long enough, we're going to 
at some point experience moments in our life that go unresolved. And if we don't look at them, they will show up and make yeah. us look at them. Uh, so uh, I'd say when it's finally getting to the point where Harry must face his deepest traumas by looking at his young son and, and trying to relate to him, but keeping him at distance to protect his child from himself in many ways, he has no choice but to confront his, his darkest moments. Um, uh, I'd say it's the most emotionally raw that Harry is, but the most pleasurable for me because I got to eat pizza and drink wine and a lot of it. <laughs> well, I want to thank both of you for, for sharing so much about the making of this movie. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Barry and Ben. Thank you so much. Thanks.